0: Today, uh, we're going to be doing something that we set aside, we paused our, our sort of normally scheduled programming of spiritual direction or talking about following Jesus in the 21st century. We paused things last year about this time to do some family conversations as a community, as a church, as people who are invested in the lives of each other and in the lives of this big thing that we're all connected to, Brownline Church. And uh, and today we're going to do that again. Uh, we like the idea of taking this kind of like end of August, uh, sort of the turn of the fall, beginning of the school year, um, to have some family conversations. And it was really really beneficial last year if you if you were with us or if you've heard us mention this over the course of the last year, out of last year's family conversations uh, was birthed a five-year plan for our church. And so we're, we're now a year into that five-year plan. And so that's going to come up uh, today in our conversations. Uh, but as we, as we get going, we had, we had a few different things that we're going to go in. So let me invite in uh, my co-pastor who you will all know, Kyle Hanwalt Hello, Kyle. Hey, Vince. Good to see you. And uh, so we've got some general beats that we want to hit. Um, and we'll, we're will we going to take those in turn and, and kind of talk them out and uh, back and forth, just kind of seeing as things go. But we also want to take this as uh, a chance for a sort of Q&A style. So uh, at any point, if you want elaboration on something or if you have a specific question on something, you're like, hey, can you talk more about that? Or, hey, you didn't bring up this, but I want to hear about this. Please use the chat in Zoom. We want you to do that. We want you to throw those questions in there. We're going to be looking at those to make sure that we don't miss anything, and we're going to speak to everything that we possibly can, as best we can. And um, if you are joining right now on Facebook, uh, you can uh, you can uh, load up the Discord app if you want to uh, make a comment or ask a question. Uh, if you're joining on YouTube, if you just uh, uh, if you uh, put a chat in YouTube, I believe that we'll be able to see it in Discord. So uh, YouTube, you can just write it in. Uh, Facebook we'd love for you to open up Discord to uh, to uh, ask a question. If you're joining in Zoom, you can just put it right here in the Zoom chat and we'll see it that way. So Kyle, um, I think we can, we can just start with some general comments. Uh, the first kind of uh, general question that we brought up today is what's the latest plans and thoughts on in-person community and pandemic life? What are the latest thoughts and plans? Uh, Kyle, what, what, what comes to you for that? And then I, I can comment as well
1: exactly and i think
0: um
1: as we step into this fall um i think we are all kind of in the reality that this world is not where we maybe would have hoped it to be come September in terms of fully being able to integrate back into life uh, in a way that uh, we perhaps were were hoping to be true. And I so I think as we think about what we are doing as a church, I think we're sitting um, with that awareness uh, simultaneously of the awareness of uh, rising COVID numbers and the realities of uh, the extra uh, precautions around the Delta variant, but also yep. sitting in the awareness as a community of what that emotional experience is for all of us as well. So uh, there's a practical uh, element for us of trying to think about what is the right decision for how frequently we have hybrid services with an in-person option. Um, and uh, what does it look like as I'm thinking about kids' church at this point? What does it mean to have kids' supports with unvaccinated children and trying to think through that whole process? So there's some a lot of questions at that, But then we're also holding in that, I think, this emotional tension that we're all feeling right now um, of, of just burnout and fatigue of, of doing this over the next uh, season. And so part of the questions we're asking as well is how we as a church uh, think through in-person availability and community in, in light of uh, the emotional realities that we're all walking in right now as well.
0: Yeah. 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 So um uh, you know as if we can get as brass tacks as as we can you know given that everything is still just like are we asking the right questions not do we have the right answers um with the uncertainty you know the one thing that i i think that we have arrived at as uh, as a pastoral staff haley and kyle and i talking uh is that we're going to continue meeting once a month right now uh in a hybrid way uh we had we had uh danced around the idea over the summer um, it's sort of in our in our naive pre Delta variant days uh, about the idea of starting to go weekly on September 12th, which is our which is our next. Um, uh, hybrid service that we have on the calendar we'd put a date on for june for july for august and for september and that was really exciting to us to try to build to that and it does uh feel to us that uh the safest and wisest thing to do at this point is still just to meet monthly for now uh the monthly services um that were at, that have been at the davis have been have been really great and um and uh if you've joined us uh we've 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 tried to ask people for their feedback both people who have been joining online those sundays because we're we're mind we've been mindful of the fact that we don't want to lose the intimacy that we've all felt um be, because now we're going to have two different ways of joining there some people who are joining online some people who are there in the room and uh, and it's been wonderful to hear that we haven't had, uh, at least for people's experience so far, we haven't had a loss of intimacy. And those who have joined have uh, in person have had a really good experience. A really, uh, it's felt safe uh, on on the uh, in terms of all of the uh, COVID restrictions and how we're trying to lay out that space. Uh, it's also felt really you know special and 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 taking down some of that. Um, that like social isolation, which has been the thing that has been uh, really, really difficult for us to battle uh, when church has been online for so long. So being, you know, g- given that we, we've had this good experience so far with going monthly, um, we're going to continue that for the time being. And, uh, and what we what we've talked about doing is just continuing this idea of each uh, in in sort of the week leading up to each of these uh, hybrid services, we will continue to survey the community. So if you are on our, uh, our mailing list, our email list, then you will and you're local to us, you will have received our, uh, our our surveys that go out uh, in weeks leading up to a hybrid service. If you've not received one of those before, I'm going to throw here on the screen a little QR code, and you can follow this QR code to get on our uh, mailing list, our email list, and uh, and uh, you just let us know that you're local, that you're you know joining in Chicago so that you can participate in those surveys. These are really important to us because like Kyle said, a lot of what we're doing right now is not just trying to figure out like, what is the safest in general? We're trying to figure out what is the safest in terms of how our community is interacting with what's going on. What is the safest thing to do given the different places that we're coming from, different, given the different comfort levels that we all have. And we want to be able to take those things and honor each of those perspectives as we make a choice that's best for our church at large. And that means that uh, we're, we need to hear your voices. And so we would love for you uh, to be participating in that if you're a local person. Uh, Each survey, we've gotten a big, big response. So this is not to say that like we're not getting enough information, but just to say we're gonna continue to do that because things continue to change. It seems like each month we have different uncertainties that we're all balancing. We have different information coming from the CDC or from those that are trustworthy out there. And so we're just trying to figure out, you know, month by month, what is the best thing to do? So we'll we'll put some uh, dates on the calendar for I think October, November, December, and that will put us through the fall uh, in terms of hybrid services. And uh, that will also kind of put us in, in the mode of, if, if you can believe we're almost there, thinking about Advent and Christmas as a, as a community. Uh, but uh, that's what we're gonna look at going forward. And, and that means that we, the, the bummer is that we are not gonna be meeting weekly starting on September 12th, as we'd hoped uh, to be doing so in a hybrid capacity. Um, Kyle, what else can you speak to on that? Uh, And then also, we especially wanna bring you in in terms of the kids' conversation because that's such a different thing given that we don't have vaccinations in that situation. So what can you speak to, Kyle?
1: Yeah, so I mean, these things are interwoven. It's hard to have a weekly in-person service without being able to offer an option for families. Um, and that is probably the one of the most complex pieces of how we do in-person. And so at this point, um, with schools opening up, we are, we're giving some time and space for families to adjust into that and then have further conversation after we've seen what does it look like to have unvaccinated kids in a physical space. Um, uh, in the context of the Delta variant, and then we—I think those those two things are going to inform each other, because um, it is going to, like I said, to do a weekly service and the work required for a weekly service, and not to be able to offer. Uh, an in-person kids option is 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 a is a really tough position as a community to try to do. So these things are interwoven, and so if, if you are a family and you're trying to think these things, we we were going to actually have a conversation today around that, but it just felt like we we had so many unanswered questions for families, and families were already uh, wrestling with so many of the transitions back to school that we're we're going to be looping back um, in a little bit about that to have those conversations about what we need to be in place. Um, And the reason we are taking this a month at a time right now is because uh, it's uh, nearly impossible to have a conversation about any reality further than a month from now. So um, that's we really will be taking it. Maybe the world shifts and the, the pediatric vaccine comes out sooner and maybe, you know, Delta variant shifts faster or maybe the transmission rate in Illinois and the Chicagoland area takes a significant dip. And then we can have a conversation based off of that uh right now we felt like this is the conversation we needed to have and address given the inform the, the data of, of what we had on hand right now so um if you are a parent and you're thinking about these things just continue thinking about them and and we are we're giving a little space for this fall transition to happen before and i think honestly what we want to hear if you want to pay attention is what are you seeing and experiencing in that school experience and right. how do we think about that means for us in terms of what we can pull off at the Davis Theater in a way that's supporting children. So, um, I think that's what the, the extra piece I would add in.
0: Yeah, especially for our, our local Chicago uh, families, we we recognize uh, the cost um, of what we've been able to pull off. That, that it, you know is very difficult to um, try to show up to uh, our Sunday services. Um, with your kids and and, how, and there actually being no support beyond just what you're trying to do yourself um, for participating in our services, especially as, you know, a... a a sort of heartbeat experience for our church is experiences like Elizabeth just led us in this morning. And that, that can be really difficult to do. Um, it can be difficult to do in, in person. It can be difficult to do when you are joining our services from afar in your living room, uh, when you know kids are, are, are around as well. And so we are mindful of the fact, I mean, Kyle and our parents too, Haley as well with a, with a, with a just now one year old. And, uh, and so we are we are definitely cognizant of the fact that this is not ideal and, uh, and we, we want to work together to figure out what is the next step that we can get to, in particular for parents that are connected with our church, in person, obviously, because we're talking about that, but also online and how, uh, w- what things can we recommend and what things can we do and how can we structure our spaces uh, when we're gathering together to provide for families to have that experience of quiet and meditation, uh, parents to, to have that as well, um, when so many of your so much of your attention has to be split on a Sunday morning right now?
1: And I, the last piece i would I would talk uh, just touch on as well is we're talking about our Sunday service spaces. Um, and I think that's for some that this experience by um, asking the question of like, uh, not being in person every week, there's a sense of longing for more in-person connection, and that's the conversation that that that's not a um, this is not a binary conversation of either we meet on Sundays in person or we're not creating space for people to try to connect in person. That there's other opportunities for right. us to talk about small groups, other opportunities to talk about, even in the Sunday spaces where people can still get some in-person connection, it's just whether in the context of a large in-person service, that is actually where that should happen. And so we part of our feedback and conversation will be uh, continuing to talk to people about how we're connecting each other in other spaces other than just the large group uh, Sunday morning experience.
0: Yeah, that is a that's a that's a really good uh, one to point to. Kyle is the um, there there are lots of there are lots of things in between meeting online and meeting in person, right? And uh, and and so we want to dive into those, especially for those of us for whom it's been really important to have those hybrid service experiences. And it is and it comes as a difficult. Uh, message when we when you hear us say we're not going weekly September twelfth as we hoped that we would be um, so we want to work with you if you know if if that does hit you poorly we understand and we want to find ways to figure out how we can have uh, in person gatherings. Um, one of the things that we've that we've been talking about uh, as, as, uh, as we move into September is that we're going to be spending a lot of our Sundays together highlighting the different small group opportunities that are available. Some of them are online and some of them are in person. And, uh, and, and that, uh, would, that is something that we can definitely talk about um, how to make sure that uh as a community you know one of the things we want to be able to do is is battle social isolation and you know COVID 19 times or otherwise and uh and so there are ways that we can do that that are beyond just the um just the in-person service on sundays so yeah it, it, Appreciate a comment in the chat right now of just saying, yeah, like that, that I'm one of those people that hits poorly. I understand. But, you know, like we we, we can find ways to continue to have in-person community that are not just the Sunday morning service. So, um, again, I'll just throw out, please drop your uh, questions, drop your comments, drop uh, what you want to hear us talk more about. Uh, this is the most kind of brass tacks thing there is right now of just like, when are we actually meeting? When are we not actually meeting? What are the you know, what, what's the details? Um, uh, but as as we go forward, uh, we can return to that, or uh, we can continue on in like kind of larger picture conversations. The second thing, Kyle, that we brought up uh, to to discuss today is what's the status of our five year plan? Now, a year in to that five year plan, and maybe before we before we respond to that. Um, Aaron, if I can ask you to put our, um, our slides up here for the five-year plan. We, uh, we last year, if you were with us, we, we kind of walked through, uh, a few different parts to this. So we had one, our, uh, the, 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 um, our vision. And what we were talking about was was a number of things. So I'll just kind of read it as you're looking at it here. We want a caring and supportive local and online community. That's, that's what we are shooting for. We are shooting for a Sunday service space of a hundred plus adults that are connected with us. And so we're, we're kind of seeing the scope of, of who we're connecting with uh, increasing. We have talked about uh, hiring a woman or a person of color or both on pastoral permanent staff. Uh, we've talked about having diverse voices on Sundays every month. We talked about an age-separated kids and youth Sunday uh, program. We talked about being engaged in activism, known for that. We talked about connecting to larger church and faith networks that uh, that are not exclusively white-led, especially as part of the story of uh, our church just prior to the pandemic. Uh, changing everything was leaving our affiliation with vineyard usa churches and so where do we land in terms of a what are the larger networks that we're connected with we want to be uh, connected with networks that are not exclusively white-led and then finally uh increasing this idea of something that's been core to our church from the beginning of a reputation as the inclusive and progressive church on the north side of chicago known for spiritual growth and known for a healthy sense of humor and humility. So this is the idea that in five years, what we want to be able to do is see all of these things a reality. And I think that's very doable. I think we, we have already seen some progress on, on a lot of this. Um, maybe we'll pause there if I can just kind of, uh, Kyle, like if we can speak to some of these things, um, what is the status of, uh, of, of uh, longing for uh, these sorts of things to be true of our church four years from now um and i can also speak to that and then again uh, i'll encourage you use the chat if there's something specific that you want us to speak to
1: yeah i think um it's crazy that it's already been a year into this process and it's really uh, important to us this in many ways was born. Out of uh I think last summer, our desire as a church to get clearer on who we are and who we want to be, yeah um, this was in light of leaving our former uh denominational affiliation um, so that we could be more openly and explicitly uh lgbtq plus inclusive uh this was uh in light of understanding what we how we want to stand as a church in light of all that happened last summer from the the murder of George Floyd um and all of the conversations that were being had about a not a new issue and us being a church saying who do we really want to be in this space and acknowledging some of the unique realities of a church that had been led by two white men and realizing some of the the ways that if we were not intentional um all of our our best care in the world was not going to um Uh, make up for uh, the real intentionality of walking through um, a community effort of trying to um, navigate the blind spots and the biases and the the ways that that's missed um and when i look back on it i think it's really important that we do this a year in because it's really easy for five-year plans for them just to kind of be a thing you launch in year one and it kind of just fades into the background and i think that (laughs) part of Part of what this one was some real commitments from us of like who we yep. want to be and part of bringing this up right now is not just saying, hey what's our progress it's also inviting accountability. it's, it's also inviting um, uh, a, a partnership between everyone in this church to say is this is this something that we're all pushing towards um, And I when I look at that list, I see lots of things that I feel very um, I feel very very proud and very hopeful and grateful that I do think that we've made progress almost shockingly you know our church has has grown since the beginning of 2020 which is kind of a crazy like pre-pandemic phase which is like that that's an exciting piece for us to think about what does that mean even in the context of this world where most churches are, are are rapidly losing attendance and giving um i think i think about some of our steps forward in real intentionality to make sure that we are inviting voices to be part of this conversation every week and every month that are not just um, Vince and me or even even largely moving away from this idea that you have this single voice that is speaking on any given Sunday um and I, so I, I look at a lot of those things I think very much we have have really stepped into being a unique place of what does it mean to be a church uh where people that uh, live and exist in progressive settings and feel comfortable and those are really feeling um welcomed and alive and I think in the last year that that space has felt um even more necessary for me um, just to feel like I can be honest and engaged. So um, obviously there's things that jump out are not true. Like we're we're year one in and, and uh, very grateful that we have um haley as part of us through her, her pastoral internship for a for a finite amount of time has been able to be on our staff um, but that is not something that's financially like we don't have financially built in the ability to have a permanent uh to have somebody on staff like, in a paid role that can be there long term so that's something that i see like we need to grow as a church financially for that to be true um and so i see uh, little pieces in this as well where i'm you know you're in theory we're 20 percent towards the goal, which doesn't necessarily mean every single one of those goals is at 20% progress. Perhaps some of those goals may be at 0% progress until the time it becomes 100% true. Um, and so uh, I, that, that's some of my initial feelings and thoughts as I look at all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that, um... Probably the thing that I would point to in terms of uh, like holistically that that vision. So we had a lot of you know bullet points there of just like you know we're dreaming about this, we're dreaming about this, we're dreaming about this for the future. I think the number one thing that I can point to in terms of progress, in terms of have we have, have we made headway is, um, and I'm, I can do this because, because she doesn't happen to be here this week, and she'll be watching and listening to this after the fact, is Haley Larson being our mm-hmm. pastoral intern. I mean, the, the experience of having, we, we've not had a, a, a woman on pastoral staff uh, since the beginning of this church, and what a what a the game changing experience I think for the spiritual direction that our church is able to offer, for pastoral care that our church is able to offer, and just for the overall effect on the voice of this community and what we speak to, what we anticipate, uh, how we say those things, the, the you know the 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 countless conversations that go on uh, behind closed doors when just Kyle and Haley and I are meeting, and things come out better from the church in general because Haley had a hand on them too, and not just the two of us who. Have have tried for many years to to you know say things in, 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 uh, in, in the right ways but you know like we have limited people and we have limited perspectives and it's been hugely hugely beneficial to have her a part of this for the last nine months I mean that has been a gift uh, of to this community and I think what it, what it what it allows us to do right now in terms of moving toward uh, this dream of five years from now having somebody on permanent pastoral staff uh, who like haley is that we've now gotten a picture and now it's like oh man like now now we know what like what what we what we could uh, experience and you know what if we can offer a full-time uh, with benefits position, so that that can become a permanent reality for us. Like, oh my, like now we've got something that that's grabbed us and that's hooked us, and we can strive for that. And that's a little bit of what's been behind this idea that if we break down the financial need, the financial burden it would take to get to that point to have a third pastor on staff that's a woman or person of color uh, permanently and have full benefits and all of that. We're not just offering like a. a frankly a crap job that you know somebody's like scraping by just to live in the city of chicago where cost of living is high but we're offering something really powerful and good and you know and 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 can can take care of somebody and a family if we want that we've got to raise about eighteen thousand dollars a month as a church that's that's roughly where we need to be and right now we raise about nine to ten thousand dollars a month and so we know what we have to get to and if we break that down over the course of the four years that we have left of this five-year plan all we have to do is raised like $2,000 a year, more uh, in our monthly. So it's like, it's just incremental raises to what we take in monthly. We can do that. $2,000 split over the, 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 uh, there's 80 adults that are connected to our community. You know, $2,000 over the, like, broken down into 80 parts that's not very much right like we can we can totally make that happen and and each year just get a little bit further closer to that goal and then five years from now this is absolutely a reality and that uh, so that excites me in terms of like what progress are we making um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I d- yeah, Kyle please well, there, listen, were, there, there were two be- questions in the chat so yeah that, that's is I that where said you're going it was exactly Great. Uh,
1: the the first question I see from Jen is what are the conditions that would make us consider going weekly? And I really, there's there's four things and some of them we have no control over and some we do. Uh, the first would be what is the what's the transmission um, uh, rate in our area? So right now we are in a an area of high transmission; it is red, and what that means in terms of our CDC recommendations that that's one piece, which is frankly that COVID uh, variant or whatever is is at a lower rate in our area. Uh, secondarily is when a when a pediatric vaccine comes out, so that we can actually welcome in our families in a way that um, children are able to be vaccinated if if they want to be able to do that. Um, the 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 third thing that I would say is having uh, a way that you can help us do it is getting feedback from people on their own comfort levels, continuing to understand the surveys, um, yep. the surveys of of where everybody is. And then lastly is helping us uh, continue taking a step forward in some of the logistic asks um, in terms of how many people are comfortable being in person every single week versus the number of roles and responsibilities that need to be covered every single week to be in person so one way you can help is if you are somebody who does want to be in person and support is uh being willing to volunteer to make that happen because right now because of the pool of people who are comfortable there's just less people uh to do that and um which is connected to another conversation around what's what for people of of what's right for people so those four things i would say are are four four significant factors in trying to decide when we're back in person i don't know vince if there's more you'd say there
0: yeah that seems right to me i like uh that fourfold that that seems like it's captured all that we've talked about
1: um and in terms of the things we are still moving forward in you know when i look at that list. I think each one of those has a, an area of progress that we need to. Vince talked a lot about what does it mean to actually bring somebody on the staff. I think for us to can to like currently, we're currently have eighty adults part of our church to get to the place where we have a hundred adults on average a Sunday means that we probably have close to one hundred and fifty adults connected with our church, which is just uh, which is I think um, part of just the process of us being a community that is. Um, known and seen and understood and finding more and more people that feel connected to us. The one piece on all of those that I, I feel a lot of like I, I think we as a, as a community need to make sure we're working together well forward is is the activism and partnership piece. Um, I think having people in our community who are actively engaged in, in work that is um, uh, a, a, a tr- addressing justice issues, I think for us uh, to be able to step in and partner with that. I think that there was a lot of energy and momentum in our world last year. That is, um, I think the, the question is, can we keep, as a community keep sustaining that? Um, yeah. And given the conversations that are pivoting away uh, from our whole country, having those conversations on a weekly basis. And for us, it, that commitment has not wavered. Um, and but, I, but in order for us as a community to keep engaging in good activism, us in a community, engage in good partnerships we need the people in our community to keep bringing us into those that Vince and I have our, our own bandwidth and resources but ultimately we found the most fruitful activism the most fruitful partnerships is that pe is when people in our community are already engaged in those and then are inviting us to be partners in that
0: yeah definitely I agree I think that um... It's both the and activism piece in that five year plan, I think, is is both something that I would point to as like, you know, what, what do we want to move forward on in, in, in the spirit of uh, Brittany's question? And it also falls into that category of like, I think, uh, another other another place where we've really made progress. I think that we have um, we have been able to see uh, in, in particular, I think in the the area that uh, Brownline has been able to be involved with uh, with is uh, reimagining public safety in Chicago uh, beyond policing. And, uh, and that's a conversation that many uh, are in, increasing involvement in. Uh, and especially right now, we're in a budget cycle uh, uh, or budget negotiations right now uh, as, a, as a city. And so there's a great deal of, um, of increased interest in this, especially since the murder of George Floyd. And uh, and that has been something that we've been able to get involved in in terms of um, you know, like putting our money where our mouth is using our neighboring fund. That's been uh, some of the things that we've been able to contribute to is events that are trying to get you know help uh, raise awareness for reimagining public safety beyond just policing. Uh, we have been able to uh, we have a number of uh, like a, a a handful of people who are actually you know heavily involved in campaigns uh, around that. And uh, and it just allowing our church to be something that when you become involved in something that aligns with uh, the values that we speak of here in terms of justice, in terms of uh, the you know communal uh, like like uh, care for one another that you know being a place that is, you know isn't just focused on relationships because we all live in the same capitalistic world but relationships that actually like you know like i want to see you thrive and and i believe that my well-being is caught up with your well-being like when we see people get involved in uh, whether it's public policy uh pushing or whether it's protest or whatever it is um, that, uh, that, that connects with that. And they bring that back to us as like, hey, you're a community that supports me. You can support me by, you know, like raising the banner for this, you know, like that, that's something you can do. That's something that I, I think we've seen happen a little bit more because we've been talking about that more. And we've been making space for that more. And we've been looking around and seeing who's involved. Who's, you know, who, who, is, who is passionate about X, Y, or Z thing? And how can we give them a voice on a Sunday, for example? Uh, you spoke earlier, Kyle, of just like this, that, that, that piece on our five-year plan of like diverse voices every Sunday. One of the things that uh, we've, we've talked about a lot already since the pandemic began is we've shifted to a more conversational approach to, uh, to discussions and to messages. I was talking with somebody who uh, has been newer to the church uh, since the pandemic began the other week and uh and she was saying to me shes like you know i'm not sure i can ever go back to sermons <laughs> after having this uh this experience of like conversational uh uh church and uh and that's how we you know kind of get, get things going and and I, I i can connect with that you know what i mean like, i think that there are a place for more traditional public speaking and Certainly, we that, that may still be uh, have a role in our church. But for this season, this has felt like the right thing. And I do think that it's allowed us to hear more diverse voices because what we're experiencing on Sunday is a bit more like a podcast conversation than like a, I have a five-point message that I've prepared and written very carefully and I have to feel like I'm totally on top of it or else I'm not comfortable to share. What we've had instead is people who maybe would turn us down if we asked them to write that five-point sermon who have said, you know what, actually, like I, I do have something to say on this and I do have something to offer and we get to hear those voices then because those those voices do exist in our community and those do those voices do exist in our wider networks and getting to do that, I think, has just allowed us to talk about different things, it's allowed us to be more, more uh, courageous, I think, in what we end up, you know, bringing up for conversation as a church and I think it's allowed us all to be a bit more vulnerable because when you when you uh, when you take courage to talk about things that you maybe don't feel ready to talk about, we we fumble into things and that can be messy and that can be scary and it can be unexpected and it can take you down roads that you didn't think you were ready for. But it also ends up being where I think we find God. It also ends up being the place where we all grow because we 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 discover that maybe we had more capacity than we thought we did. It means that we're hearing new things and we're discovering new ways that like oh god is actually alive over here in this place uh in our community or god is actually doing something big along these lines and we were never talking about it before because we were scared to go there and that, and i think that's changing i think that that has shifted over the course of the last year since we like made this a document we're like we want to stick to this we want to stick to this as a five-year plan
1: yeah i mean something we're gonna have to grow in an in-person space as well is um We have three pastoral voices right now that um, are—they're all white—and that's—that's true. And I—we—I just need to own that and own the ways that that is going to miss miss things. And so, inviting in voices, uh, uh, non-white voices into our conversation is a necessity for us to be able to see and hear and understand the depth of who God is and how he plays out for us. But it's a much different ask to ask somebody jump into a Zoom call to have a conversation with you than it is to be in person, stand up in front of people and do things. And that's something we're going to have to keep being creative and thinking how, how we make sure that uh, in-person experience doesn't end up being just more time for for white voices speaking more, that we can keep that commitment and. enable person space as well which is something um i think that we just need to keep growing into as long as um our current pastoral makeup is the way it is so
0: well also responding to Brittany's question about things we want to work on moving forward um maybe we'll maybe we'll bring it to the last conversation that we thought we could we could have in, in sort of a general way kyle um We've, we've been having very big thoughts about like, why why does a church like ours exist? Um, what is, what, what's, what's the reason for why we're here? What do we see as the unique problem we're addressing in the world? And um, th- one of the things that has gotten us talking is an experience that I have, and I wonder if most of you probably have too, uh, if you ask somebody in your life, how how are you really and you have that chance to like you know get get a little bit of a of a conversation going about how the person's really doing my experience and i th- i'm guessing a lot of yours is that everybody responds i'm tired i i'm really tired i'm feeling really exhausted i'm i'm overly busy i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed there's some level of just like being burdened and being like carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders that to me it just feels like every single person i talk to experiences and that is really informative and we've wanted to we've wanted to kind of zoom in on like i think that it's a very real thing when burnout is the biggest threat to every person we know and it's also a very real thing that when like most of the time when that's talked about even by like really i don't know really like the the think of the most helpful like you know writer or author or poster on Instagram that you know, like, they say awesome things, but every one of the, the the ways that I interact with, like, how do we address this idea that we're all exhausted all the time, it still comes down to suggestions of ways that I can better care for myself or suggestions of ways that I can better say no to things or suggestions of ways fill in the blank. And when we are left with more suggestions of things, we still, after the fact, end up feeling exhausted because there's more burdens laid on our shoulders and that's not always the way that we experience you know getting good advice obviously you know i'm all for good advice and i I do think there are things that we can each generally do but what i think that we've started talking about as a church is what if burnout is not a problem with each individual it can't be right because everybody's experiencing it it's threatening every single person. So it can't just be a problem with you and a problem with me and a problem with the person next to us and the problem with the person next to them. What if it's actually a society level problem? What if, what if burnout is happening at like a much bigger level? And it's not really like, it's not enough to just say, Oh, each of us need to battle burnout more courageously. Like we need to fight burnout at, at a, at a societal level. And we think that community, we think that community particularly centered around Jesus, who's like one of his mission statements is, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We really think that like Jesus-shaped community, one of the big reasons we exist at all in today's world is to battle burnout at a societal level, not just help people battle it at an individual level. We do have to do that too. But I actually think that you, everybody is doing their damnedest to try to fight this, and it's still there. It's still exhausting us constantly. How do we fight this at a bigger level than just each individual? How does a community truly come against and and, and fight burnout? Um, so that's something that I have I feel really charged about. And that's like really big picture. So like how that actually happens for like, like what does a church actually do? I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on that. but. I I feel really uh, passionate about this.
1: Yeah, and I think part of the questions we ask is that um, we exist in a society where even the way the church has, fallen into normative expectations is still like, let's add more things on to your plate. So what is spiritual helpfulness? It is now you are attending something every Sunday, hopefully attending something every Wednesday. You take the practices that are suggested on Sunday. And in theory, if there's a new practice suggested 52 weeks a year. So you are now trying have 52 to practices week, 52 now. 52 practices <laughs> now. And I think that this is a fundamental a flaw for the way the church operates that we have fallen into as well which is i don't know if addition is really the thing that we're all needing right now and so what does that mean for us as a church what does that mean for us to acknowledge that we ourselves as a community are likely um to to fall into the the same trends and the same Uh, systemic realities that our society is built on, which is adding more things and accelerating how fast we're doing things. And right now, I just, I think that there's ways that a community can be really helpful and supportive in giving us space, fighting against burnout. Then I also think there's a lot of risks that communities have where they just are adding to burnout. And I think we're asking these questions about in-person services and all of the volunteer asks we're making. And uh, I think volunteerism is super important. I think it leads us into deeper and full life. But when does volunteerism just become another thing that you're carrying as a burden? I think that showing up to a Sunday service every week and building in that weekly routine of of a pre-decision to be there and that kind of sacred space it becomes is a really helpful thing. But then, when's the reality that having to meet another commitment on another day of the week every week? Questions we would just want to be self-critical about and honest about, and and rather than just do things because that's how quote unquote churches have done things, or do things because my capitalist mindset is saying the thing that's going to fix it for you is to go is to add something in and do it faster um, I think we, we want to take this space of stepping back in to physical church more stepping back into this fall more to ask questions of why are we doing this is this really serving our church or is this just meeting some expectation that we think we should be doing that is actually just adding to the burnout expectation of folks in our in our community and so that that's part of I think the question Questions we will be asking together um, rather than necessarily just jumping back into the status quo of this is what in-person church looks like whenever that does become a more regular experience for us
0: yeah in, in one sense it's sort of an encouragement to continue to take this um, we're, we're in this this difficult frustrating time um, and yet we have you um, we have found a way to learn things in the midst of that difficult, frustrating time that do impact us and and are changing us in in good ways, and I, and I think are growing us and are uh, and are pushing us more toward the values that we want to live out as a community, uh, and so we're 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 sort of wanting to stay in that experimental phase as we think about this big things so of what what does it mean when when. Every everyone is vying for your space. You know, every everything, every good thing in your life, whether it's like the amazing brunch place down the street, or you know the the um, the subscription that you just uh, started at your at the new gym, or the you know the 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 app that is helping you to do this what uh, this like. Stick to your guns on uh, terms of uh, meditating more often, or losing weight, or whatever it is, or the you know amazing YouTuber that has just like incredible ideas, uh, and and they really helping you, or the course that you're taking, you know, because Harvard released all of their courses about happiness, and you can take those for like a dollar right now, and whatever it is, you know, all of these things that we're all taking, they're all competing for our time in a way, and what we want our church to be able to do. Is to not play the competition game. How how does the church come in and just say like, you know, like wow, like there are so many things out there that, and some of them are really negative, but some of them are awesome. How can we like, oh my gosh, you found an awesome thing. Let's fan the flame of that. Oh my goodness, you're feeling overburdened by all of these demands and asks on you. This is a place where you can find rest. Uh, you know, like oh, you you're you're in a space where uh, where y- you are. Uh, you're, you're looking for other people to uh, to commiserate with in that sense of, of burnout, but you're, you're not looking for, for more, uh, more responsibilities or another commitment that you have to show up to or another slice of your week that you have to set aside for something because you're already as busy as can be with work and with your kids and with your family and all of those things. How can the church go to where you are and not just present another thing that you have to go to? Uh, You know, these are really, really big questions and these are real and there are not easy answers to these things, but we wanted to bring that up as a topic of conversation today because we think it's really important. And we think that if we just kind of go with the flow and 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 allow the status quo to just lead us back into, you know, as the as the world continues to open and we eventually end up with, you know, with returning to hybrid services every week. uh, And that's like just where we go. If we're not thoughtful about like, but wait how can we how can we take this time and really get experimental and think, are we really addressing the problems that most of us face every day? And that's why I bring it back to this idea of like every one of the people that I talk to is tired and exhausted and overburdened all the time. How do we address that? That is something that is beating us down, that is holding us back from engaging the things that feel that like grab our passions. That is that's that it's making it feel hard to feel alive at the end of the day, where all we can end up doing is like, Shutting down and turning on something to watch, and there are great things to watch out there. But sometimes, you know, like you can tell when your soul is like deadened inside, and we want to address that. We we think that that is our call as a Jesus community to look around and say, anybody who is weary, burdened, heavy laden, can we find an easier yoke? Can we find a a, a lighter burden in 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 this this God who claims to care about that so much? I think we can and, and our church wants to be positioned at that at that crossroads.